And we are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am one of your co-hosts, Blake Rafino. Alongside me is my counterpart, the former Rhode Island long snapper, Joe DeLeon. Good evening, sir. How are we doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited that we've got some stuff to talk about in terms of what has surfaced from the SEC meetings. But I'm also – we do a lot of SEC talk on this show, and we, I, I'm really looking forward to diving deep into what's probably the next best – division in sports that's outside the sec which is going to be big 10 east yeah so we'll talk to big 10 east i think that i have a pretty hot take i think you i don't know if anybody knows where i'm going to go with this on this one um, I I guess. michigan's not winning the big 10 yeah, was coming. neither is ohio state yep Neither is Penn State. Just joking. It's Penn State. Oh. But what, <laughs> I thought you were going to say Rutgers. I thought you were going like, to come out here with Rutgers, like Indiana or oh, something. But you know what? <laughs> doing this deep dive today, buddy, I don't know. I don't know if Rutgers doesn't have a better season than Michigan State. I, I really don't know if Rutgers doesn't have a better season than Michigan State. I mean, they're both terrible, and so is Indiana. They're all just uh, who's who's Michigan State's quarterback? What offense? I don't even know. I, I don't even know. I didn't even bother to take time to write that down. Well, I, I, I mean, it's a good question because nobody knows. Nobody knows. So, I mean, look, they are struggling. And what you going to do, buy out Mel Tucker? You better hope he's sleeping around with prostitutes so you can fire him <laughs> the cause because other than that, you can't fire him. He better use some uh, of that money to go buy some coordinators. That's That's exactly what he needs to be doing. Yeah, well, he's not giving his assistants money. Remember the whole scandal with him not paying his assistants and stuff like that? So exactly. we'll talk on the Big Ten East. I'm, I'm interested to hear what you got to say. You talked about the SEC spring meetings, the eight or nine game thing me and you already discussed uh, on Monday. But Eli Drinkwitz is making a fool of himself. And quite honestly, they can – Joe, here's what I don't – here's what I don't understand. Do I agree with coaches – who are in the trenches every day that NIL can be an issue. Yes, I do. Yeah. But, but NIL is a form of what school wants it the most. And we, you, we want to sit here sometimes and act like NIL is the, the, the massive issue. How did Texas A&M do last year? Right. How did, right. How did Alabama do? How did Alabama do last year? They weren't the as team, good as they usually were. The team, well, no, they weren't. They didn't get to a playoff. Mm. They're not up to their standards. By the way, they had the number one overall pick at quarterback. Here's another question: the teams that are not really complaining about it, especially in the SEC or SEC, LSU and Georgia. What did they do last year? They had historically oh. great seasons. Oh, they won. You know why? Because they know what it takes. And Saban's getting old, and he's getting senile. Get off my lawn. We'll talk about him as well. He wants mm -hmm. to go to the NFL. He is so full of shart. He is so full of shart. He's Literally. saying what everyone wants to hear. He's He's gotten to the point where he's just do, saying do what he knows. Do people really want to hear him say, though, Joe, do people really want to hear him say that he wants it to be like an NFL? I think that he knows that him saying that that's what recruits want to hear. 
I, I feel as though he's somebody who's always going to move, you know, move his the goal line to align with what is going to get him a better football team. I, I feel like he's he's definitely shifting his his thought process. Like he used to be much old, older and grumpier about this and the way that he approached it. But I, I think he's just saying that what he wants the upcoming football players to hear that he wants them to get paid. Well, I, well, and we'll discuss on some of the things that he said. I, I just don't get it. Like, I, I, I really, really, really just don't get it. I, I think that there comes a point where, Joe, we got to pull it, pull the curtain fully back and say, what are we doing here? Right. Because, again, what, what is it creating? Let me, let me throw this out. Now, I, I told this – I said this on my show last night, so I'll, I'll say it here. Mm-hmm. You know – that we got a, our hands on a contract, uh, NIL contract from Texas A&M from their collective. You know that, right? Did you hear I this story? Mm-hmm. Okay. So we got our hands on a collect uh, on a Texas A&M collective contract. It was $75,000 per semester. Okay. So $150,000 a year. Mm-hmm. That's the going rate. They had the most kids hit the portal before Dion went to Colorado. You want to know why? They weren't getting paid that, and I will tell you this. Any 18-year-old kid getting paid $150,000 a year is not going to walk away from that money. It's just a fact. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. As much as everybody wants to say that it happened, (gasps) excuse me, Joe, no, it didn't. No, it didn't. Because you you mean to tell me that 22 kids that are getting paid that amount of money walked away? Right. That's, and this is kind of what I've brought up on a previous show when we did that Florida State episode was that, you know, the lack of accountability to get paid is going to lead to issues. And I know that's a little bit of a, a separate rabbit hole, but again, there's a lot that needs to be fixed. And I think that there are some positive things that were brought up, some negative things that were unnecessary, uh, which we'll be eventually dive into. By the way, is Eli Drinkwitz the biggest nerd in the Power Five as, as a coach? Dude, he's such a dork. I can't – I didn't know that's what he sounded like. I admittedly have never seen him do a, a radio interview because he's just so uninteresting. Well, he said he's a history teacher by trade, right? And he said, I don't know how the 13 colonies got together and were able to form a union. <laughs> well, maybe because everybody in that room is out for themselves and not for the collective good. Where mm-hmm. you, can, If you were out for the collective – here's the truth. You ready? Mm-hmm. If the SEC was out for the collective good, they wouldn't do a damn thing about NIL, which, by the way, Ross Dellinger reported that the SEC is trying to get all SEC states to go under one legislation. Good luck, buddy. First off, I called the legislature in Louis- uh, a guy that's in the legislature in Louisiana today. He said, no, it- they don't- no, they're not. And by the way, he's over the NIL bill. He said, no, we're not. We have not heard one thing from Greg Sankey. We haven't heard from Brian Kelly. The only person we heard from was Kim Mulkey because we want a new, she wants a new arena. That's mm-hmm. a lie. Ross Dellinger openly lied, and we'll talk about that on AYS here tonight uh, as well. But let's I'm get started for that. Damn. Oh, it's going down. You, me, as uh, Young Thug once said, meet me in the parking lot. <laughs> uh, Tyler Townsend, though, says, What's up, guys? What's going on, buddy? Elk 70 does not like my Michigan State take. 
He doesn't like it, but I'm okay with that. I, I, I'm willing. Maybe to that not. was directed at the Penn State take. Maybe that, maybe that's it was. That was. Maybe it was. I don't care either way. I don't care either way. I'm going to stand where uh, where I'm at. Uh, Chris H says, "Does Saban not remember that he claimed he came back to college because he didn't like dealing with professional unionized players?" But like that's my point. Is he changes ever? His opinion has never been consistent. He it is changes not. it every level, every step of the way because. He knows he needs to say certain things to get the right things out of his players. No his doubt. Assistant coaches and whatnot. No doubt. And he's the biggest Rudy Pooh of them all. Don't let anybody convince you otherwise. All right, let's get this thing rolling. Everybody do us a favor, though, by hitting the like and share. If you're listening to us on Facebook, you've been doing so well. Thank you so much for showing us so much support. Do us a favor by hitting that like and share. Share those social media groups. Share to your own social media pages. If you're listening to us on YouTube, Joe, 926, baby, 926. Getting closer to that 1,000 subscribers, man. So if you haven't if you haven't done so, you need to hit that subscribe button and that notification bell. If, wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe as well. We greatly appreciate you doing that. All right, Joe, let's get rolling. Let's talk about our good friends, though, over at betonline.ag. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. I think that this show is going to get a little animated. Daddy's mm. pissed. <laughs> ben Online is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live, in-game betting, props, and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline. Dot AG. We're back. No, you're not. <laughs> I mean, just no, you're not. I mean, y'all freaking suck. All right, Joe, I'm going to give you the floor on this one. So we've been going yep. around the country. This is what we're going to do before we start getting into the dog days of summer before football officially kicks off. Let me just say this for me, though. This is my favorite time of year. Like, a lot of people love bowl season. I do, too. I do, too. Nothing is better than when the weather in, in the south or wherever you're at, it starts heating up a little bit. Kids are outside. You go swimming with the fan. I love this time of year. I love you got the NBA Finals, college baseball playoff. MLB is in full swing. You'll have the All-Star game in, in, in about, what, a little bit more than a month. So month and a half. Yeah. Month and a half. So many fun things are happening. But for me, football, and I've said this over the last four years that we've done our shows, but for me, this kind of kicks off football when you have these these spring meetings. Well, it's July the 1st tomorrow. It's not really the spring anymore. But a lot of things come out of it. And as we go around the country, we've landed now tonight or today on the Big Ten East. I have, I'm have. i going to stick by my guns on this one. I'm probably going to be wrong. 
of all the conferences that have already started breaking down in divisions, Joe, this mm-hmm. is the one that I have the biggest asterisk to for me. I'll give you the floor on this one, but where do you lean in this very top-heavy division of the Big Ten East? Right. I understand where you're coming from with the process or the thought process that you think that Penn State could maybe win this division. And I, I see that possibility, but I can't get get fully behind that. I do agree with you that I believe that Penn State can unseat Ohio State as that second team because of the significant losses that they suffered, especially at the quarterback position. And I'm sure we're going to dive a little bit deeper into that in a second. But, Blake, for me, I can't say that Penn State, who has young players at key positions, is going to unseat Michigan, who returns so many key players in the offensive line, so many key players in the defensive line. And most importantly, they've got the best returning quarterback, in my opinion, because he's the most experienced. J.J. McCarthy, albeit didn't play great in the college football playoff, has been there before and has the experience of playing in the Big Ten championship game and playing in the college football playoff. That is significantly important for the end stretch of the season. So my ordering here, though, not to take it too far, Michigan no, give is going to win the yeah, East. Give it all. Give it. Michigan's going to win the East for me. I have Penn State finishing second, beating Ohio State and getting that tiebreaker. Ohio State's going to finish in third. We're going to start questioning Ryan Day's job. Maryland is going to be well behind, though. I think that there is such a fat divider between the top three teams and the rest of them. Maryland's going to go like seven and five, and then it's just going to get worse and worse as we go down. I had Michigan State after that, and then I have Rutgers wrapping it up with with Indiana. So here's my thing. I'm with you, and like I said, a massive asterisk for me next to – Oh, I, I read this. I, they said I lost my mind. I'm sorry. Anyway, <laughs> it is the biggest asterisk to me because it's so top-heavy, and it really depends on where these games are played. Here, I agree with you on Michigan, okay? They have a lot of production returning. Are you sure that J.J. McCarthy is better than Drew Aller? Like, are you sure about that? Because I can I, because I'm not, and I do agree with you though that the experience is a big thing. But are you sure that he's better? Well, that's what I'm saying, and why I brought up the experience aspect of this is because I at least have more evidence to point to for JJ McCarthy for him playing well. Well, let, to let me play devil's advocate to that. I can make the argument in the big games, he's somewhat folded. TCU. I mean, those big sixes, that cannot happen. Now, you don't know that with Aller, but I'm I'm going based off of the potential that I think that he has, right? Like, I really do believe this kid could be – look, he's the highest-rated quarterback that they've ever recruited. He Mm. is probably the most talented quarterback that they've had there in God knows how long, okay? Clifford was not that dude. They have a solid offensive line that's returning. They have solid running backs that are returning. I think on the defensive side of things, I think they're even better in the secondary than they were a year ago. They got King returning at DB. Their defensive line is normally and has been pretty stout. And look, Joe, we talked about this with Penn State a couple weeks ago. No defense in the country in one year made a bigger leap 
than Penn State did under Manny Diaz. That has to go for something. Now, here's why ultimately I don't trust them, and you're going to love this, okay? okay? James Franklin. Can James right, I do love that. Get, the, get them over the top? Here's the issue I have with that, though. He's done it before. He's he's overcome bigger odds as a head coach. Brother, him going 9-3 and three at, at Vanderbilt is more of an accomplishment, some would believe, than winning the Big Ten East at 10-2 and two that year. Dog, he went 9-3 and three at Vandy. Okay? The Duke can coach. We yeah. just forget because they've been subpar, but they're coming off a 10-2 and two season. They've been pretty decent. Here's the thing for me that ultimately separated this in this three. Now, if Ohio State wins it, Man, it would not shock me in the slightest. I don't know what they're going to look like offensively. It's cool that you have Marvin Harrison Jr. out there. I know that you got a good running back and good running back core and offensive line. My ultimate question would be, does anybody know what Brian Hartline's going to do on third and seven? Right. I mean, that's that's a massive question mark, and I think it goes not in line with... a massive with- question mark, Joe... Mm-hmm. I'm going to be real with you. If you look at them up front, if you want to play the all 22 copy, I will go. I will argue with Jesus himself if it takes it. You cannot convince me on the all 22 copy that I watched on Sunday that that offense and defensive line is good enough. They're not. Right. There's they're a not. there's just there's just so many issues across the board for me with Ohio State and why I think that they're going to finish third. You brought up Brian Hartline, which I'm actually optimistic about. I think that, that Brian Hartline is going to work out, and he's a great coach, and he's ready to take that next step. So I'm not sitting here knocking them for having a, a guy who, if he ends up calling the plays, you know, he does a good and an effective job. I, I don't know if we can trust Kyle McCord. I also at one point heard the possibility that he might not even be the starter. So, like, I still don't know for certain how that quarterback spot's going to deal with. But you just mentioned there the key thing here. Compared to Michigan and Penn State, who Michigan's returning really good offensive linemen, especially Zach Zinter. Penn State's returning most of their offensive line, especially Olu Fashanu, who will be a top three pick in next year's draft. But for, for Ohio State, they just lost Luke Whipler, their center. They just lost Paris Johnson, who was one of the best offensive linemen in the country. And they just lost Dewan Jones, who was the right tackle. That Those are three important spots to fix. And we talk about a ton on the show how important offensive line play is. More importantly, it is critical for success in the Big Ten. Here's the biggest thing that when I made this decision, and and look, I see that Elk says that their defensive line is top ten. I vehemently disagree. Here's why. In the two big games that they had a season ago, you had multiple teams run run all over that defensive line. Georgia in the second half absolutely clobbered Ohio State up front. And then I look at Michigan. Michigan, who's returning damn near their entire offensive line. Joe, they ran for almost 280 yards on the ground. Okay? I don't care that you think that their their defensive line is top 10. What did they do against the best teams? Now, Penn State, they moderately did something pretty well. You had uh, Trayvon Henderson that had – I mean, not Trayvon Henderson. Why am I thinking uh, of Ohio State? But – 
I, when Singleton, I look at Penn State, about- okay, you had Katron Allen and Nick Singleton. One had 76 yards. The other had 45. So, so basically, you're still running the football at somewhat of an effective clip when you're the two best teams. Now, when I look at them against Georgia, Joe, and I, I think I sent you – did I send you uh, – I'm pretty sure I sent you um, when I was watching the game. I, I don't remember what clip I, I sent you, but now that I'm thinking about it, I, I remember us talking about this. Mm-hmm. Here was the biggest thing for me. Georgia had two dudes run for over 50 yards in that game. They ran the ball strictly downhill. Here's another thing. I know that Stetson Bennett had negative 18 yards rushing. That goes based off of him getting sacked twice, if you remember, in the first half. The problem with that is they even let Stetson Bennett get a little bit loose and score on the ground. Remember in the first score, the first touchdown, it was just a it was a simple waggle left, a simple speed sweep left by your QB sweep, and they could not slow them down. They they could not slow it down. The teams that they faced that had the better lines of scrimmage are equal to they got clapped. And I will go to town with that argument because the film and the stats on this one don't lie. They just don't lie, Joe. I also have a take I just want to add to here that when I clip when I clip this and I post like, you know, the headline's gonna be will Ohio State struggle in 2023, which 10 and three or, or not 10 and three, 10 and two, nine and three is struggling for them. I'm going to get absolutely eviscerated for this thought. Their prized guy on their defensive line, JT Tuamoyla, who is a, a very highly recruited kid. Right. Uh, is being talked up. I think, wasn't it? Yes. He's number 44. He is being talked up and projected to be a, a top 10 pick. Look, I broke down his film. I gave him a he's grade. I've already projected. Pick. He's, he's, I have to say this. He's extremely overrated. I do not think that JT Tuamoylau is, and I'm definitely mispronouncing his name, he is not as good as as he is being projected. He's fine. He's got some decent strength. He's got some decent traits. But he doesn't get home. He had like three and a half sacks last year. He is not productive. I have watched enough film of him to know that we're riding off of the hype of the way he played against Penn state, where I think he had like two interceptions. He had multiple sacks. He had a crazy game and I give him credit for that, but I need to to see more consistency before I can sit here and say that this guy is going to be a wrecking ball in the big 10 when he hasn't done it yet. That's for some reason we keep riding on that, that he's going to play up to that level. And I'm still yet to see it. You know what the last thing I have with all this being said, you know what I have written down on my notes right here. What if we had a three-way tie? What if it's actually State, possible? It's actually really possible. What if what if Penn State beats Ohio State? Ohio State beats Michigan. Michigan beats Penn State. What do you do then? And so then everyone has one loss or something? Everybody because look, Maryland, Indiana, Michigan State, and Rutgers, they are going to beat the dog. I get one curse word yeah. to show. They are going to beat the dog shit out of all three of those teams. So let me give an example. We talked about the SEC East, SEC West in the in last show. You mm-hmm. mean to tell me right now that any division in the SEC is not tougher than this? Oh, they're all they're both we we sat there and we were no, able to pinpoint key players in each division. I I couldn't do that it, for half. Is it not is it not drastic? 
Like when you look at Rutgers, Michigan State, Indiana, and Maryland, are you going to sit here and make the argument to me that it is not a massive overhaul of separation? So, so to go mm-hmm. back to our last conversation on eight or nine conference games in the SEC, these games are not created equal. So when you had, and I know you're going to get mad at this, but when you had a one-loss Ohio State versus a two-loss Alabama, they are not created equally. They just aren't. So you mean to tell me that if I had a four-week span of Rutgers, Michigan State, Indiana, and Maryland, it's anything easier than the SEC is going to face. It is not created equally. You know what? We talk about Rutgers. They could lose to a group of five school right now. Oh, well, Alabama's playing Austin P. Are you sure Austin P. couldn't go up to Jersey like Tony Soprano and kick some ass? Are you confident? Are, let me ask you this question. Okay. Are you confident that James Madison couldn't go over to New Jersey and smack that ass? Oh, they absolutely could. James so Madison's that, a great football is, program. That is my point. So where, we, where I'm saying there could be a three-way tie here, it is a massive discrepancy in this division. It might be. It might be from top to bottom, from Ohio State, Penn State, and on, it might be the widest, the widest gap. Tell me it's, I'm wrong. No, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you you're wrong. I'm also not going to fully take the bait because I know that this is something that we constantly debate uh, and, and get into. But, no, you're not wrong. And that's what it, it almost feels silly to try and project this is all three of these teams, there is no excuse why they all can't finish with one loss like you're talking about. Or Michigan finishes undefeated and then Ohio State and Penn State finish with one loss. I know that you hate this team. Are you so South Carolina more than likely is going to fish finish fourth or fifth in the SEC East? Okay, be careful with this. Well, what you suffer, South Carolina or Indiana? Which team is tougher? So I just said Indiana was going to finish in last, though. Okay, South Carolina, Michigan State. South Carolina right now is probably better. South Carolina, Maryland. I think Maryland can actually put up a little bit of a fight against them. I don't think that's like a blowout. Oh, it doesn't matter. Do they win? Does South Carolina win that game? You shouldn't have picked South Carolina because I don't don't want to give them – I don't want to say yes, but probably. Probably. Kind of de facto, yes, it is a probably. Take take South Carolina out of it. Kentucky. Are you – Oh, yes. Yes. Kentucky beats Maryland. Okay, so they might be the fourth or fifth best team in the East. By the way, Joe, they might be the twelfth best team in the in the conference. I, look, I'm not gonna. I don't disagree with you. I mean, I think that the the talent level is such a significant drop off, and I also think the coaching quality is also terrible. Once we get past Penn State, Josh Gaddis can't color in the coloring book, Elks, and you're gonna sit here and try to tell me in this comment, J- Josh G- Joe, have you ever been to Cracker Barrel? In your life? Oh, I love I love Cracker Barrel. Okay, do you remember as a kid or you ever see kids walk in, they give them a coloring book and some colors yeah. to color with? Mm-hmm. Are you, If your life is on the line and a gun's to your head, if Josh Gaddis would color inside the lines, are you sure that he could do that? No damn shot. Okay, then. Okay, then. Well, but like, that's, Gattis. that's my whole point is that freaking Maryland, I, I just there's all these programs outside of the top three. Like Maryland's not even a talent issue. Maryland is actually a hotbed for recruiting because 
a lot of those DMV so kids stay in Maryland. They're losing all. They hop in the they portal. They dip. Harbor. They yeah. lost to Sean Womack. All to the SEC. But I also add in the irony of the fact that Deontay Banks was a first round pick and Jacorian Bennett was a, a relatively highly drafted guy. They had a lot of really good talent on the roster last year. They have a lot of really good talent on the roster this upcoming year. Rakeem Jarrett left. Yeah, they got Talia Tagovailoa, who I think is incredibly overrated on a year-to-year basis. But my my whole point here is bro, that they he, are probably one of the played, worst coach teams in college football. Bro, when he played the big three, he got snapped in half. Yeah, he, he got snapped in uh, half. Right, you don't remember. Against you're, you don't remember against Michigan. No, I do remember. I'm just double checking. You, you don't remember the body slam. He got picked. No, up. I remember. Oh, he got RKO'd like his name was Randy Orton. He legitimately got Stone Cold Steve Austin. And then all of a sudden in the third quarter, if you smell the rock, he got rock bottom. I'm just double checking Little. because I always, I always have a, t- a tendency to say yes to stuff like that without double checking. But you're absolutely right. He's one of those guys that will no, go check it. He got hurt I, against Michigan. Yeah, no, no, no. I know that happened. I'm checking the rest of like Ohio State and the other teams they played, but. To that point, though, he is somebody who will throw for 400 yards against Rutgers and four touchdowns, and then he goes, you know, 10 for 25 against Michigan or Ohio State or Illinois. So against Ohio State last year, um, he went uh, 26 of 36 for 293 and two touchdowns. It's not a bad stat line. No, but you want to do Michigan? Michigan was... 206, one touchdown, two interceptions, only 207 yards. Well, the the more disturbing one is the Penn State one where he goes 11 for 22, 74 yards, and no scores. Uh, I think this is is funny. Uh, Chris H says, how did I know that Joe would like Cracker Barrel? I I said. Well, (laughs) I don't think that that's like a – is that like bad to like Cracker Barrel? I don't know, man. It's just like one of those things Does where South in Indiana have a Cracker Barrel. I don't think that they have one, but it. I, the reason why I I like it is I used to whenever I would make that trip, whenever we would drive from the New Jersey to, bro, to Indiana, we would stop. bro. It, Cracker Barrels are like the Food Dollar Generals. They're everywhere, and you don't even have one. I don't. They. It's not directly. I don't know if they do or not. I don't know the. the do they have the, a Wendy's? Does South Bend have a Wendy's? I don't know South Bend that well, man. Oh I I don't know it that well. Do they probably do. Light? Yes, they have a street light. It is a great campus. Don't don't sit here and, and disparage that. But I did used to st- every time I drove, I used to stop at Cracker Barrel, uh, and that's why I like it. Great place. I love those pistons. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they're fantastic. People Pancake. crap on Cracker Barrel, man. I don't get that. Yeah, don't don't sh- the, yeah Chris, don't be crapping on crack, Cracker Barrel. Give me Cracker Barrel over IHOP any day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't, let me tell you something. I will never go to a, a IHOP again. Wow. The sickest I'd ever been was from an IHOP. Ever. Really? Yes. So... <laughs> Uh, 2009, the entire offensive line at Southeastern mm-hmm. went to IHOP because they had the $10 all-you-could-eat pancakes. Oh, no. This buddy, is, uh... buddy, I must have ate 782 pancakes. 
Uh, okay, it, so this was, was in a, this wasn't like a food preparation thing. This was because you you gluttony. No, we we all were like, who's the you know, we we kept saying who's the fattest. I, and here's the thing: can I tell you something? Uh-huh. I didn't even come close to eating the much. I could I couldn't take it anymore. And then here's the bad thing: we one of the offensive guards we had was drinking chocolate milk with it and was going uh. down. The man, you know what his nickname after that IHOP trip was? Garbage okay. disposal. We, him, <laughs> we literally started calling him GD for garbage disposal. Oh the man, God. the man would, and look, he beat the dude. Uh, he beat Kevin in in this little thing, and uh, and all of a sudden, the man orders ten more pancakes, bro. That's such an often like if you were to pick who would won that uh, won that. If I didn't know anyone's eating tendencies. Uh, guards would be the one to win that. Absolutely, the guards. Yeah, and the center. Guards. Dude, I, I literally, Joe, I had like 10 pancakes, and I mm. went in there. This is the truth. I had like 10 pancakes, and I went there like thinking I could do this. Buddy, I didn't even I didn't even come out the gate. You hear me? Oh, no. No, man. I, it was awful. <laughs> it was awful. I, uh, I, I didn't even come out the gate. All right, let's uh, transition here. Um let me do this. Joe, let's let's get one more bet online commercial very quickly. We're okay. going to transition to Eli Drinkwitz in this NIL take. What an idiot. We're back next. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, Esports and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in game betting props and futures. Head on over to Bet Online today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B L E A V 50, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. BetOnline.ag. You know who didn't prepare for his NIL talks and his spring meetings? It wasn't Mike Jones. It was Eli Drinkwitz. Mm. In case you missed it, over the last two days, Eli Drinkwitz, the head coach of Missouri, has made himself look like an outright idiot. So I'm going to paraphrase here. Basically, Drink came up to a microphone and said, there are some players making so much money, they make more money than my brother-in-law, and he's a pediatrician and saves lives. Well, let me ask you this, Joe. Why do you think Eli Drinkman said, well, they don't make more money than me? Why did he put it on his brother-in-law? Why didn't he say, they don't, they don't, they make more money than I do? You know Why? Because all of this is BS. He would come back out later today on Feinbaum and say, I'm not talking about the kids that make $10,000 to $12,000 a year. I'm talking about those guys who make a a million dollars a year. First off, drink. You don't have any players on your team that make a million dollars in NIL. You don't. And let me tell you something, Joe. I don't know if you have done any NIL deals. I don't know if Believe has done any. You can correct me if I'm wrong here. Let me tell you how NIL deals work. You ready? As someone who has partaken 
in this endeavor through my life. Did you know when you sign a player, they're on the institution, they're at LSU, Notre Dame, Ohio State. Did you know, and pretty much other than one state, I think it's Hawaii, did you know when you sign a kid, you have to go through the school's compliance? You have to literally go through the school's compliance. Their attorneys get it. Their attorneys read it and then give you the go ahead and clear. So you mean to tell me that Eli Drinkovich, who came out today saying, oh, well, you know, there's so many guys in the NFL that go bankrupt. Well, you know what? You can help them. There's nobody in the NFL helping those guys from not going bankrupt. You can actually help here. But the problem that I have in all this is what is Drink talking about? So he's talking about his brother-in-law, but why not talk about himself who, oh, by the way, makes over well over $2 million a year. Isn't that a little bit odd? I'm so sick and tired of the coaches chiming in on this crap and chiming in with dumbass comments like this. I'm, I'm sick of it. Like, this is ridiculous. And you're bringing up a really important aspect to this. It's like, why aren't, why aren't you bringing up the fact that you're making $2 million and your, your pediatrician brother-in-law is making a fraction of that? You're coaching a football team. You're not the one out there even performing. In the NFL, the players make significantly more than the coaches because they're the ones putting their bodies on the line for the product on the field. Why do we continue to complain and then also to unjustifiably and illogically compare them to jobs that aren't even related to this industry? Well, well, it makes no sense. Well, and another thing too, Eli Drinkwitz, I, I know I said $2 million, He's making $6 million a year. Oh, is that what his, his salary He's is? He's making over $6 million a year. Find me which uh, which college athlete, except maybe Caleb Williams, that's making $6 million a year. Find me one. Well, I do think that there are some female athletes that are getting close up there. Okay, like, that's such a different sphere because they're models sphere. and influencers. It's such a different complex thing. But people forget... There was the public records request because people started finding out that teams had to go through compliance in which all the schools had to change their policy on this because it's an individual entity and the person. But Caleb Williams, I mean, not Caleb Williams, um, Bryce Young's contract, okay, with like Dr. Pepper was like $75,000. Okay, like. Okay, it's a Heisman Trophy winner. Caleb Williams, they say, well, he made a million dollars. Well, then Beats came out and said, that's not true. Caleb Williams comes out and says, guys, I ain't ma- that didn't happen. That did not happen. If somebody, if I'm getting paid a million dollars, somebody forgot to tell me. My point in all that, and my point in all this, and it is it, just a simple nature. What is Drinkwitz talking about? Now, you got the Ross Dellinger, and I'm not going to get into it tonight because I'm going mm-hmm. off on that tonight on, on, on AYS. I just don't understand why they – now, I understand what they're trying to do. Let me let me paraphrase this. Like, I, okay. I understand what they're trying to get accomplished. But what I don't understand is why you make all these elaborate things. Just come out – and look, I, I've gotten on Lane Kiffin before. Just call it what it is. Lane Kiffin does not sugarcoat it. Like Drinkwitz did. He goes, hey, man, kids are getting paid in recruiting to go to schools. I can't compete with that. Even though, Joe, I know for an outright fact, know this for 1,000% fact, I spoke with a recruit last year who wind up signing with LSU. 
Ole Miss started getting into the fold late. Nobody really knew about it. They were offering the kid like $75,000 a year, okay? seventy-five mm-hmm. grand. Kid wound up not going there. He winds up going to LSU. Now, LSU didn't really promise him anything, but the thing with Ole Miss is BS. Even Lane's out there trying to sling like his name is Walter White. And he's out here saying that, oh, it's not happening. Nick, are you going to try to sit here and tell me that Nick Saban's not out there slinging an IL? Nick came out and said, oh, well, I did not decline two players that didn't that wanted to come here, wanted to get an IL. No, that's BS. What you don't want to hear or what you don't want out there is you. what really happened because Desmond Ricks wind up going to Alabama, and the reason why he went, wind up going there is because the McLean kid wind up going to Colorado and Nick Saban got out-recruited by, guess who, Dion. So there's some parts of this where, like, mm-hmm. oh, well, uh, you know, uh, I, I, how can I recruit this? I mean, NIL, I, I, I can't compete with it. It's a lie. I said earlier, A&M, in reference to they were trying to pay kids $75,000 a semester. Joe, th- those kids left because they didn't get paid that. Right, that's my whole thing here. It, you and I had this very massive debate, and I, I think it was probably one of our better f- fights on the show. It, go rewatch that. I think it was the FSU deep dive episode, if anyone's wondering. But the whole debate that we had was my concern for a lack of guardrails to help protect the kids. And so, like, that's where I'm coming from here. Is that it it's bugs? Not their, it's not their. Well, thing, wait, wait, no. wait, but. But here's my whole point is that it bugs the shit out of me that Drinkowitz is complaining about kids making as much money as, as they are and he's wasting his time, his platform, his energy on complaining about that when he should be – and then also talking about how uh, we should be worried about these kids blowing through all their money like it happens in the NFL. That's the quote that he had. I am more concerned and he should be spending more time focusing his energy on protecting the damn kids. So it doesn't end up with a situation like Texas A&M kids getting stiffed out of their money we need to actually focus on that aspect of things and not how much money they're making they're going to earn money now it is out there and is a possibility with nil drinkowitz should be focusing his energy towards something completely different instead of bitching on his public platform that he was given this week well let me tell you what's going to happen they're going to try to put some salary cap on it it's going to go through and you know Mm. what's going to happen someone's going to sue because again, which went back to the Ed, Bo, uh, Ed uh, was it uh, Bohannon case? You cannot regulate capitalism. You can't, Joe. If I'm paying somebody to come on my platform, and that player just so happens to go to LSU, mm-hmm. how can you stop it? And here's what the biggest – you want to know why the SEC didn't get to nine conference games? The, it is their main excuse. You want to know why? I made some why? phone calls this week. You know why NIL has been such a – even though – Joe, we're three years into this. And mm-hmm. they, they got these old, white-haired, saggy balls, paws, having dudes out here complaining about NIL because you know what happened in that meeting? Let me tell you what happened. They have coaches like from Kentucky, Missouri, and others who are out here saying, guys, y'all want to go to nine conference games. We're trying to get to a bowl game. We're trying to get to a bowl game, and you're getting the recruits from out of our state, and you're promising them NIL money. 
That's what's that's why this is the big the big issue. There's no other explanation. Drinkwood said that I'm a history teacher by choice or by trade, excuse me, and comes out and says, oh, well, I can't believe that 13 colonies got together. No, you don't want these teams to have the power. The simple fact that Eli Drinkwood's best player on his team is now the wide receiver at Georgia mm. is the reason why he doesn't like NIL. That's the reason. You think you mean to tell me Dominic Lovett didn't get paid to go to Georgia? Oh, he absolutely did. The problem just, that everybody has is it's all on the table now. It's all on the table. You are seeing what has gone on in college football, Joe, the last 40 years, and you're just getting an upfront view about it. When's the Joe, five years ago, you would have never heard a, a coach talk about other players getting paid. Never. Never. They'd say, yeah, that's no. great. Like, it should happen. You never heard a coach come out and said, well, guys are getting paid to go elsewhere. And now they run out there every chance they can get. I will say Hugh Freeze did bring up a really interesting point. And I actually, I, I'm surprisingly agreed with it. And the point that he brought up. I'm, well, he had a lot of time maybe, to, to think and repent in his repentance. That's, that's true. <laughs> he brought up a really interesting point, though, that, and again, I might be misquoting this. It was along the lines of that, that for the transfer portal to, to prevent tampering, they need to remove the immediate eligibility aspect of it. It's too late to do that. We've already broke that barrier. But I do wonder if we didn't remove that and you had to sit for one year before and not having restrictions on where you can transfer, removing all that. I wonder if that would have removed the uh, implications of tampering. I, I do legitimately wonder that. Uh, Joe, that might have been the only way to do it. And what did we talk about last show? Okay. It, it The portal is more of an issue than what nil is trust me guys kids are getting paid no matter what it doesn't matter if you call it nil if you call it hot, hot dog shit if you call it doesn't matter what you call it okay kids are gonna get paid that's the bottom line these big schools joe let me just let's call it what it is there is a price tag for winning Mm -hmm. You know what you have to spend to get these elite recruits there. You mean to tell me that Kirby Smart is such a savant that when he went to Georgia, he might he became the next Nick Saban? Is like that's what happened here? Or did he see how the sausage was made by his mentor and he's doing the same damn thing at Georgia? That is what's happened. J Joe, there is a thousand ways on how these kids get paid. I'm not going to tell you the athlete, but Dabo is in this mess too. When you got kids going on recruiting visits, walking outside of church on Sunday with bags and bags of cash. I also think too that with the, the parody aspect of this, and I know that we've lumped in Saban's comments where he had said, make it like the NFL. That was what he so said. So stupid. But I actually... In in theory, I don't totally disagree with Joe, that. Just the in the, wait, wait, just in the just in the reasoning that we we can't sit here and, and coaches like Drinkowitz complain about what NIL is doing because now that this has been professionalized, the best teams are the ones that spend the money in free agency and that develop talent. And now that it's professionalized, you can't complain if you don't have the money to spend and you're not willing to spend it. 
it is a professional sport now. This is no longer an amateur sport but because the kids are getting paid money. Them though, I know we're not there yet. But my whole point is, is that but, but to complain about to complain about nil and not having the money is like you you can't expect to win without paying, spending the money. So it is night and day different though. It is night and day. You mean to tell me that there's not guys to get paid underneath the table in the NFL? Do, do you, you – let me let me just throw this out. Do you okay. really mean to sit here and tell me that – I'm just going to throw a name out there. Who's, who's been one of the best free agents in the last couple of years? Give me a name. Uh, I don't know why I'm blanking so hard. Who is like a big phrase? Hey, let me throw one out there. Deshaun Watson. Now, I'm going to be careful on how I say this. You mean to tell me that that the Browns didn't do some shady shit underneath the table to get him there? You mean to to tell me, of all places, Deshaun Watson wanted to go, which, by the way, he wanted to go back to Atlanta. You mean to tell me that they didn't give that man more money underneath the table? Or is that where we're at? Because, come on, dude. Like – it happens everywhere. Let me throw. Yeah. Let me just tell you this too. There is no think about this. No regulatory bodies that limits kids or anybody else from making money from doing a commercial. No. I. I. It, it's for name, image, and likeness. That kid knows that if he doesn't go and work for this business or this entity i don't know man you know it's so crazy to me lsu alabama notre dame ohio state michigan will all gross over 120 uh 20 million dollars on ticket sales this year all of them okay we're complaining about a kid getting fifty thousand dollars right right that's and him going to another school Newsflash, Joe. Has the recruiting rankings changed? No, no, they haven't. They haven't changed. Oh, so it's I, not an so it's not really an issue then. No, it's just now it's more visible. I I will say though, I do. The more I think about it, I do support the premise of having some type of salary. Like I, I think that, and that it helps the players more. But because right, like to get, you, they should be they're entitled to some of the tickets. Explain to me sales. how you would do that. Explain to me how you would put a salary cap on that. Because I I'm not saying hearing- salary cap. I'm just saying that that every kid gets a standard salary to come play for the reason that they deserve a, a piece of that ticket sales and they deserve a piece of the the broadcasting deals. But how, but here's my thing. Everybody keeps saying unionize them. How? I don't know. That's not going to work. That's just. It's not going to work. You know, Joe, you almost had NFL strikes with grown adults. You mean to tell me that there are 18 year old kids stupid enough at liberal? Most look, all colleges are liberal. At liberal colleges that aren't going to have people out there wanting them to protest? Yeah, that's going to happen. That would happen. I, it would also- 1,000% happen. There's too many of them for them no to No idea what he's talking about. Here's the truth. The man probably has to wear the pin sometimes because he has anal leakage. That's how old he's getting. And he wants to complain. Joe, he is the main – let me tell you something. If you think Nick Saban had the best overall recruiting class this year, by the way, per star ratings, you know it's the best overall class by star ratings he's ever had? Yes. Did you know yeah. that? Yes. Yeah. So he's not doing anything in NIL? 
Oh, he absolutely is. He's spending the money. He knows what he has to do. He's again, he's he's saying the things that he's got to say to get where he needs to to win. He is he the is always changing. Fugazi. He is yeah. the biggest fugazi that we've ever seen. Yeah. Absolutely. Freaking hypocrite. You know, you know, you, you remember the time when Eli Manning uh went on. By the way, I love those Manning video those episodes when he goes around the NFL. I actually don't like Peyton's as much as I like Eli's. I'm going to be Eli's honest. Eli's funny. Peyton's not funny. Oh, no, Peyton's pretty funny. Peyton, Eli's a little goofier. He, he's goofy. He's goofy funny. Yeah. Like, making fun of Peyton. Dude, when he went on with Nick Saban and they were sitting on Saban's back dock by, by his boat, and this man said, I'm really cranky if I don't eat two oatmeal cream pies every morning. it's an old ass man (laughs) the man man said he needs cream pies every morning oh that's what you're laughing that's what you're laughing at you're not laughing laughing at joe this man on national television said he loves eating cream pies you think that nick saban knows what that means he doesn't know what that means nick saban has been in an nfl football locker room for over 50 years, yes. He's like he 90. He's like 90. He, you don't you mean to tell me that Nick Saban's been in locker rooms that long and doesn't know what that means? If I ever get to a press conference, you get to be at a press conference with Nick Saban, I'm going to ask him if he knows what the word cream pie means. Just for you. <laughs> Just for you. Hey, I don't hey, think he does. I don't think he does. You, and you're wondering why the SEC is telling us they don't want us around because of that. Eh, it is what it is. They don't want I'll fun. <laughs> I'll send you the clip. Little Debbie cream pies. He knows what that means. He, or he, he doesn't does, know that. He, he doesn't knows know what, what that means. You're right. He does know what that means. I, I don't think so. He's he's 80. It doesn't Was matter. How, I mean, how old you is know he? What? Hey, you know what? Robert De Niro's like 90, and he's he's having a kid. Okay. Oh, he's only 71. I thought he was older than that. Who, Nick Saban? Yeah, I thought he was older than oh, yeah. 71. Same as not as old as you think. He's just been I thought around. he was almost 80. I thought he was almost But Robert 80. De Niro and Al Pacino were having kids. Al Pacino has having a kid it with does, a 49-year-old. That doesn't that doesn't mean he know they know what the word cream pie means. If you're 80 years old, you have a pretty good idea. You might call it something different. You know what they would call it? You know what 80-year-old dudes would call it? Willer snickering or something oh like that. God. That's how old people talk. Mayonnaise snickering. That's how they probably talked. How long have we been doing this show for? <laughs> <laughs> well, since uh, January 1st. It's a hell of a way to end an episode. Are, are you <laughs> that uncomfortable? No. Oh, no. I think it's hilarious. I just, okay. I never would have thought that we would have ended an episode with, does Nick Saban know what the word cream pie means? Should this be the social clip? <laughs> I think this should be the social clip. Does Nick Saban know what cream pie means? Because I can't wait to get a, can't wait to get a text from Eric and be like, why would you post this? <laughs> I, well, if it gets views, I don't think care, Eric cares, to be honest with you. He, You're not wrong. He always tells me to push the envelope. I'm like, all right, all right. If you have kids around you, turn, turn, turn tell them to get out of here. I was like, so our our GM, our our guy, executive Eric producer, Weinberger, our head producer, 
told me at one night liven up a show. And I said, Eric, I came up to the show saying, what in the motherfuck just happened? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I was like, how do you, how do you really think? That oh, that I can liven it up more when the first four words of the episode are "What in the motherfucker?" <laughs> and then, and then uh. that same week, LSU beat Alabama, and y'all clipped, believe clipped, and put it all over socials of me screaming and yelling and saying the curse words. <laughs> that sounds oh. about right. Oh. Oh God. God! Now that's a good way to end it. All right. <laughs> we'll see y'all Saturday, Knuckleheads. I think right Saturday. Yeah, let's let we'll we'll talk. We'll figure it out. All right, Saturday. later, dudes. Cream pie. <laughs>